0: Welcome to the Harvest Australia podcast. We trust you'll be blessed by this message from Senior Pastor Marty Manuel. So um, today, why don't you turn to Proverbs chapter 3 and we'll start there. Proverbs chapter 3 and from verse 1. It says, my son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Doesn't that sound good? Verse three, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Let me pray before I speak Lord we just pray this morning that you would release your favor in this house Lord I pray that you would speak clearly this morning that you would you would speak exactly what we need to hear this morning that we would take away everything that you have for us And Lord I pray for clarity Lord I pray for your anointing and Lord we pray that you would increase your presence even in this house even this week this afternoon and Lord we thank you for every good thing you're doing And Lord, we pray for more in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to share today on favor. You may have guessed that already. Proverbs chapter 3 holds the keys to favor. There'd be pretty much every, if I did a survey this morning, show of hands, pretty much everyone I think, if I said, who wants more favor? Everyone would say, I want more favor. And it doesn't really matter what realm of life we're in, whether it's financially, relationally, health wise, or in any other circumstance, we would pretty much all say, Yes, I want more favor. I, I would love more of this, more money, uh, you know, uh, whatever it might be that we see as success or favor, we would all want it. And Proverbs chapter 3 really summarizes it for me, so you, you need to sort of keep your finger in in there today. But I want to explore what really is favor. How do we get it? Why do we want it? And, and just explore around the theme for a moment. Um, but I want to skip through a couple of other verses. Genesis chapter 6 verse 8 says, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Genesis thirty nine twenty one says, but the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. One Samuel uh, Chapter 2, verse 26 says, Now the boy Samuel was growing in stature and in favor with both the Lord and with man. These verses, and there's plenty more, you can look them up, they sort of explore this theme of favor with God and with man. And... I was thinking on this this week, what does it really mean to have favour? A lot of us want favour, and um, I know for, for, for my life, financially, perhaps in business, we knew a season where, and you may have known seasons like this, where you know everything you touch turns to gold. I know a lot of you will go, well, I haven't really known a season like that, but, but I, I have. Actually, I'll be honest with you, I really have. I, I remember being in business, and every decision I made happened to be the right decision, And I remember some people would um, visit the factory and they'd come in and, you know, they might be from interstate or overseas or, you know, uh, another location, another factory. And they'd say, so, you know, how have you done this? And I'd sort of look at them and scratch my head a little bit and sort of go, well, I don't really know. (laughs) And it's interesting. When you ask people who are very successful in, in what they do, sometimes that's the answer you get. It's like, well, I'm not really sure actually. And, and so we, we try, and I know I've done this, and I spoke on it last week, I think, no, the week before, on questions, asking questions. And I've done that to many people, asking questions on, well, how have you done this? And often that's the answer is, well, actually, I'm not really sure. That's because it's just the favor of God, the favor of God. Now, I'm not saying everyone who has succeeded in life and become billionaires or famous means that they have the favor of God, because there are natural laws that take place that we can exploit and we can operate in that work too. But we're talking specifically here about being believers and operating in the favor of God. And the reason I say that is because us believers, believers in Jesus, we operate in a different kingdom. We don't operate in the earthly kingdom. We operate in the kingdom of heaven. So we need to make sure we're getting the favor right in operating in the favor of the kingdom of heaven, not the the earthly favor, because the earthly favor works. There's a a routine. There's a methodology. If you look right, sound right, work really hard and do certain things, then you're probably going to get a certain amount of earthly favor. This is a dangerous game for us Christians to play in. If we dabble in that realm and we try and Christianize our favor into that realm, then we begin to get a polluted version of what true favor of heaven is really like. If we think of some of the greatest men and women over the history of the church, right back from from even Noah's days, for example, when Noah had favor with God and man. If you think about this, some of the most prominent, incredible men and women of God were not financially blessed. They weren't necessarily famous in the land. In fact, Noah was on his own, and yet somehow he found favor with God and with man. And so uh, he, he found favor in the eyes of God, sorry. But if we think about that, all he needed to satisfy the favor of heaven was his family, just his little family, and obedience to the Lord. And so sometimes, for us, what we sometimes go after, if you look at it, often often we think of um, a disease as a, a bad thing, which it, it is, of course, but you 've got the, the cause and the symptoms. you know the cause is the root cause of a disease, is the actual disease. The symptoms are what come out from that, or you could say the roots and the tree uh, and the fruit in a positive way. But if you look at it, sometimes we, even as believers. We try and go after the fruit and forgetting about the root. So we try and grow the fruit before we grow the root. We try and actually dabble in the tree of favor, not abiding by heaven's methodology. And heaven's methodology is the root of heaven needs to be deeply sown in our heart. And the kingdom of heaven needs to be growing within. And the journey is slow. Anyone find it annoyingly slow? growing the tree of life within? It's like frustrating, isn't it? It takes years. In fact, it takes decades. And um, I read something by a, a really successful preacher this week, and I won't even say the quote to you because it's just annoying. <laughs> but he said, you know, um, God can do, if he has his favor on you, he can do in a year what normally takes 50 years. It's completely right. It's completely true. I absolutely agree with it. But I'm sitting there going, well, how come it's taking decades then? How come it's taking decades? And lo and behold, if you then begin to look at the small buds on your tree, just the small buds on your tree, that actually he's been grooming, he's been growing, he's been John 15 in you, pruning the vine, pruning the branches as you go and then another bud comes about and then all of a sudden you look over the years and you think, wow, I don't operate in that disobedience anymore. I don't have thinking patterns like that anymore. I don't have those doubts that I used to have. I don't have that negativity that used to. I don't talk the way I used to talk. In fact, there's so much fruit, I can't really even list it off right now. You are an abundant tree. And so we begin to see that the fruit of heaven is completely different. It's not our bank balance. That's a nice one. But again, that's just, that's a symptom. It's not the cause. That's the fruit, not the root. And so, so, so many of us would want to, and and I know even in business, um, for me, it was like, okay, if I can, you know, win enough jobs, or if I can get enough of this, get enough of that. But all of that is just the fruit. I've got to get the root right. And The mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. So the heart is where it all begins. The kingdom of heaven being released in you and in me begins in our heart. That's where the roots grow. So if we want favor, if we want good fruit, then we cultivate the garden of our heart. We pull out the roots. Anything that doesn't bear fruit, let him prune it. I know it hurts. It hurts. It's, it's annoying and it takes time and he stretches you more than you think you can be stretched. But believe me, you can, you can do it. You can do it. Maybe some here today, you're feeling like this is just too much. I don't even have the answers. It's the perfect opportunity for a miracle. It's like I said a few weeks ago, that's exactly the point where, where Moses had an encounter like no other. When he knew he didn't have enough. When you and I know we don't have enough, that's when he can break through. Because pride ends, humility begins, and heaven comes down. And so this process is a journey of cultivating the garden of our heart. And it brings about favour. There's three things in Proverbs chapter 3 that I want to bring out that I think are really the keys to seeing favour released. Um, They're pretty obvious, actually. In verse 1 it says, My son, do not forget my teaching teaching is the word okay so the first thing about seeing god bring about the cultivating of the garden of our heart and seeing the favor of god released is being in the word if we're in the word of god then we're being robust in our faith the word cultivates i mean you will know when you read it doesn't really matter where you read but if you read like a psalm or a you know a whole Um, chapter of proverbs or something like that you can barely read anything in scripture without it just refining you a little bit filtering you a little bit that's what the word does it cultivates the garden and it brings about favor and so the first one is word my son do not forget my teaching or the word but keep my commands in your heart which where do we get the commands from from the word of god for they will prolong your life many years. Now, it sounds like favor to me, doesn't it? And we have some great older generation people here today. And a lot of them would have a testimony of cultivating themselves over decades. Um, it's, it's a common thing these days with the, the modern era and with how fast paced we're in that we want, fa- we want favor now. <laughs> in fact, we want it Yesterday. And and so favor is very very cheap these days. It's very very cheap. It's not an inheritance like it like it has been known. Favor uh, being built over time and being cultivated and being earned and being in a sense of 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 having a value put upon it. Nowadays it's like instant, and you see these. 13, 14, 15-year-olds becoming celebrities and just bam. I mean, it's so fast these days. And the danger in that is there's no value on the favor. There's no value on the release. And so uh, a lot of us know that often the, the greatest areas of our life of breakthrough have actually taken a decade or two to cultivate. It's just that they happen to happen, you know, breakthrough at one particular time. Someone's got some really nice perfume on this morning. I don't know. Who is that? Or is that heaven? I don't know. I can smell it really strong right now. Eric. Well done, Eric. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Is it Tommy? No? Calvin Klein? No? No. Anyway. Seriously, it's strong up here. (laughs) Anyway, I'll get back to the point. It was just so strong I couldn't really... I was thinking, is everyone smelling this or... Okay. Anyway... For they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Do you know, I find it really interesting, a lot of conservative Christian evangelicals, and I've been an evangelical nearly 40 years, so I can, I can say that with a little bit of equity. But um, really have a go at prosperity. They really don't like that word prosperity. And yet if you ask them, wouldn't you love your house debt paid off? They would say, oh, I would love my house debt paid off. Or if it was in America, wouldn't you love your kid's college fund paid out? Wouldn't you love an inheritance from, from family? They would say, of course I would love that. I mean, who wouldn't? Well, that's just prosperity. That's prosperity. It, it's crazy for us to say, oh, we, we, we don't teach prosperity. Of course we teach prosperity. The kingdom of heaven is built from a land of prospering people. and prosper. I mean, imagine heaven without prosperity. Imagine heaven, imagine our lives without any, pro- it's so strong, seriously, like, the, <laughs> someone must have dripped it all over him. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, prosperity, maybe God likes prosperity, you know, maybe he's just endorsing it this morning. <laughs> but, Ryan, come up here and see if you can smell it. that's <laughs> amazing. Okay, well, extravagance, all right, all right prosperity i mean it's 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 amazing that anyone would now i know there have been excesses in the teaching of just getting money getting money is not prosperity you can be really poor and be an amazingly prosperous person. It's nothing to do with money. It's completely different. And, and we know what it's like. I mean, I honestly say this like Paul. We know what it's like to have a lot and have very, very little. And it didn't, it didn't really change us. It was what was going on under the surface that made all the difference. That is what really determines are we prospering or are we not prospering. Now, I know that I've promised to speak on financial matters and things like that. Believe me, I've got a four-week thing prepared. I'm just trying to work out when's best to do that, but I'll give you plenty of notice so you can all come and, uh, and hear that because I know I've promised it and I want to do that. But I, I really wait on these things before releasing them, if that's okay. But anyway, prosperity. God loves it. We love it. Let's just get over with any problems with it, you know. Verse 3, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Here's the next two things. So the first one is the word of God brings about favor. The second one is love. And we've got um, 1 Corinthians up on, the, up on the back. You can't see it anymore because it's in our welcome lounge, but people will get bombarded with it when they walk in there. Um, love and faithfulness. Or love and faith. So we have word, love and faith. These three things I believe Proverbs gives us the keys to favor. And it's summed up in and actually says then bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. See the interesting thing is we we preach this stuff and and this is why for me it's it's quite a paradox that I even like preaching sometimes. Because I find myself thinking well I'm actually a doer. I'm a doer. And so I like to do. I don't necessarily just like to talk about what I'm doing, I like to actually do. And so for me, preaching is very tangible. And so I never like to step out onto a plank that I haven't actually walked on myself because it's a dangerous tightrope for preachers to do that because people are looking going, hmm, okay, so you're preaching on success. You're not real successful, are you? But do you know what I mean? It's like you know, the Word of God actually tells teachers to be very careful of what they teach on. But what I'm saying is I put a real weight on it because when I read things like this, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. I take it seriously. I take it really seriously, and that means I need to be operating in love, not just preaching. I need to be operating in love and faith, and therefore, if there's things this week that I'll probably face, that I need to operate in love and faith, and then, and just like I need to remember the word of God, these three keys will release heaven's favor. And um, how do I know that? Verse four: Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. If we do these three things, we will have favor with God and man. And it's not really man's favor we're after, but if we get God's favor, we'll get man's favor. If we just go after man's favor, then we're trying to go after the fruit, but we haven't got the root and it will be empty, it will be void of authority, it will be void of power. Have you ever had anyone try and give you advice and you know they don't live it out themselves? It has no authority, no authority. It's like I heard a preacher, I think I quoted this, heard him say a few weeks ago that, um, you know, it's not really accuracy that's important, it's authority. And I thought about that and I thought, okay, I'm not sure I believe that. But then after a couple of hours of being sceptical and and really analysing that statement, I thought, actually, it's true. Because anyone can come to you and say, hey, you know, this is how you get fit and healthy. They can be really accurate. But they might completely not live it themselves and therefore it has no authority. It has no authority. For us to operate in the kingdom of heaven with favor, we need to cultivate our garden so we can actually give authority. We cannot give what we do not have. We cannot give out fruit of the kingdom if we don't operate it in ourselves. We're then called hypocrites. And that's what Jesus called Pharisees. And we don't want to be Pharisaical. We want to operate in the kingdom with truth, with life, with hope, with accuracy and authority. It's, it's, it's really quite empty if I just stand here and give you a whole, I could give you a really, really good teaching that I've just heard someone else give uh, last week. Or, uh, you know, And it could be really, really, really accurate. You know, It could bring out the Greek and the Hebrew and everything like that. And you could sit there going, wow, amazing. But unbeknownst to you, I have no idea what the Greek or Hebrew really means. I have no idea what that really, but it's really accurate and this is the danger we can get in even in our christianity in our zeal in our faith is we can actually become like teachers who want to tick and cross what other people are doing we can either count them as being accurate or incorrect but if we get into that if we get into that mode we're straight away setting ourselves up for failure Because we're setting ourselves up as the ones who tick and cross. Okay, tick and cross that person. Tick and cross that preacher. Tick and cross that church. Tick and cross that movement, that worship, that song, that style. All this sort of stuff. And and it's not a free way to live. All of a sudden we box ourselves into being a judge. And we do not want to be a judge. We do not want to be a judge. Because the Bible says in Matthew that actually if we judge that way. Jesus himself is going to judge us for the way we judge others. It's a, con- it's a confronting word, isn't it? Really confronting word, but that's the word of God. And, and I remember that actually readily. There's some verses that just get branded on you, isn't it? isn't there? Um, and throughout my life, there's various verses that I just can't leave, even if I want to park them for a moment and just have a really nice sermon with no challenge and just have some froth for a Sunday and send you home with a little cream on top and feeling really good about things. But ultimately, these, some of these things are, are branded on me. I love cream, by the way, and it's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes there's these little branding points that we got to remember that they are truths. They are truths. And so we want to operate in the kingdom of light. We want to operate in the favor of heaven. But to operate in that, the word, love, and faith. Three things that I believe that if we cultivate in ourselves, then the fruit gets born. Other people want... I'll give you an example, okay? And I'm not bragging because it's not really a big deal. But uh, the last couple of weeks, um, we've had some work done at a a property we've got. and, um, And the house was demolished. And I went up to the, the, the guy who was, uh, I don't even know what you call him, excavator operator, I'll say. And so, um, and I got on really well with him and was chatting to him. And I, I drove, drove um, back here and, um, you know, did some things here. And the next day, and I was thinking about, I think I even said to Andrew or Rocky or one of these guys, you know, what does Jesus look like for these guys? For these guys? And um, I'm thinking, there's n- absolutely no point and me really trying to explain who Jesus is to him in, in this kind of environment. He, he's a classic Ocker Australian worker, and um, the only Jesus he knows is the swear word. Um, but anyway, we had we had a, an affinity, and we and, and I know there was there was definitely a um, you know a, a camaraderie, let's say, um, and so he was saying Jesus and swearing, and I'm saying Jesus and praying, and we got on quite well, but. Um, but beyond that, I thought, how can I display Jesus to this guy in this one little encounter that we'll have in a, in a day or two, him doing work? And I thought, well, what does an Aussie, Ocker, Australian worker love? You got it. <laughs> Farmers' Union iced coffee. <laughs> and so I came to the cafe, I bought. Two, because I thought I want him to have double portion. And I drove to the site and I handed them to him. You I mean, honestly, this guy was ecstatic. You would, you would have thought I just bought him a gold bullion or something. You know, seriously. I got him out of the car, said, hey, I got a couple iced coffee, uh, coffees for you. And he's like, hey, wow, amazing. And literally, I mean, literally, I, I will keep in contact with this guy. And he'll keep in contact with me, actually, because he said, hey, I'd love to keep track of progress and come and visit. And I'm like, do it. Come on in. You know, no problems whenever you need to. And, and I walk away from that going, that's the best evangelism I've ever done. <laughs> it's like, seriously. It's, it's, so I've said to Ryan, we want to buy a farmer's union cart and take it around to colonnades every Thursday I'm just kidding. See, it's a new thing. Treasure hunts are old news now. It's iced coffee evangelism now. I'm writing a book on it. Only South Australians will understand it. But it works. It works. And so I look at that and I think, wow, I mean, sometimes we are so boxed in, we are so Christianized, we are, we are so polished that we actually don't even get the door a slightly ajar because we're not willing to get past ourselves. Because we want it fully open straight away, don't we? We, we want him at the altar call, even at the worksite, altar call, lay on of hands, baptize, the whole shebang on day one. It rarely happens. Ryan had a great testimony a week or two where it did happen. So it does happen occasionally. But if we set our goals at number 10 every time we meet people, every time we're around people, we'll we'll either just blow them away or we'll get hurt ourselves out of disappointment. And so sometimes it's learning the little cultivating, that little move forward, that little step one or two or three out of ten with interactions with one another rather than flinging the door wide open saying, hey, you know, you should be like this and here's Jesus or here's me. And and so we set ourselves up for failure by having such a big expectation on what what favour looks like. Favour sometimes looks really, really small. I, um, for some funny reason, have been looking at um, beekeeping things. I don't know what random things go through my head, but um, anyway, so I was just looking at these new beekeeping things that you can buy, and, and honey flows freely out of them, and some of you probably seen them, and, and I said to Karen, we've got to get some of those, seriously, we, and, and this is a very typical conversation in our house, is, is a new thing, <laughs> and where I just say to Karen, we've got to do that, or we've got to do that. And it's just the entrepreneur in me. I can't really get it out. I've tried. But it's there. And so, anyway, so um, I was talking to the bee lady at the markets yesterday. And um, um, she's a lovely lady at Wollonga Markets. And she sent all her kids to Southern Vales. Loves the place. So, you know, go and buy honey from her. But you can buy a big three-kilo tub for very cheap. But anyway, so I'm asking her, what's the, what's the deal with bees and um, in seasons, like you're you're producing honey all year round. She said, no, 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 they've just finished. And it made me think, wow, these bees are probably one of the more insignificant things that we take notice of in our lives. And yet most of us in this room would have honey regularly, fairly regularly. Uh, Some of you may be on a diet that you're not allowed to have honey, but that's a whole other story. But But it's such an insignificant thing that has such a major impact, and they take this from very, very, very small cultivated plants. And so the favor of God, the the reason I'm saying that is partly to tell a funny story, but also to just show that what we think is insignificant becomes significant when God puts his hand on it. When we cultivate our little flower, when we cultivate our little patch and pollinate with whatever heaven's given us today, not next week, not next year, but today. When we have that interaction with that person that gives them the two or three out of ten, maybe not the door wide open, because you never know when you fling the door wide open on a person, you might slam them behind it. And that's often what we do, even in the prophetic movement, or in our zeal for, for the fire and revival and even evangelism, sometimes we actually slam the door on people, and they, they're squashed behind it. When, when just a, jaw, a door ajar in our anointing, not in someone else's anointing, actually brings the door ajar, a little bit open, and a couple of iced coffees slip through. And then the next thing is they begin to see this, this, this you're, something different about you. You, know, you remember that conversation that you have with people where they say to you, hey, there's something different about you. Bang, you're in. The moment they say that to you, the door can fling open. Because, I mean, I love that when people say that, because you don't even have to say anything. It's like you know there's something i mean i remember we've had tradesmen in here over the years and we had one of the electricians he's working on the lights and him and his wife came in. actually his wife came in just because his her husband said hey there's something different about this place you got to just come in and feel it in the building and and that's straight away an open door and it has opened a door for us to be able to share the love of jesus with them And so this is what happens in favour. R.T. Kendall says that the anointing, this thing, the anointing, we want more anointing, we want more power, we want more anointing. The anointing is what comes easy. And I think favour is exactly the same thing. The favour of God is what comes easy. Not what comes hard. Now it doesn't mean we have to we don't have to work for it and cultivate it because I think there is an element where we we keep our heart posture always hungering and thirsting for more of the Lord and say, but we don't, I don't actually pray, Lord, I now want your favors. Partly because I know what comes before that. You know, there's normally a, a breakthrough battle, but but I actually say, Lord, have your way in this situation. And when we pray in accordance with His will, favor is a guaranteed attachment. It's a guaranteed attachment because it's His will, not ours. If we pray in our will, favor's not guaranteed. And then it can turn to annoyance and frustration and disappointment. And that's why a, a lot of people, uh, as believers, maybe turn away from God because they get the counterfeit, not the true thing. For example, they actually pray for, you know, millions of salvations and they pray to be released into ministry. And they pray to, you know, they get zeal and they pray for signs and wonders and miracles. And all these things are good, but we're actually praying for our things, not his things. And when we learn to pray for his things, his favor is a stamp upon those prayers already. It's already guaranteed. So all we have to do is find the heart of God. What's, the heart of, what's your heart for us as a church family? What's your heart for me in my financial situation? What's your heart for me in my marriage, in my relationship with extended family? What's your heart, God, in this situation? And be willing for him to give you an iced coffee rather than a million dollar check. Because so often God gives us the little flower before he releases the honey. He gives us something that we can handle rather than the full inheritance because we might be like the prodigal and go out and spend it. So many people, if they get released into ministry too early, I've thanked God so many times that he didn't release me in my early 20s. it's, It's a blessing for those he does. But I know for me it would not have been right, even though my zeal wanted it. My zeal wanted it. And I would have been like the prodigal, taken it early and spent it. And, and who knows what rubbish I would have been preaching in my 20s. <laughs> but I've said it before, you know, you, you ought to be thankful that I wasn't a preacher in my 20s because who knows what would have come out of my mouth. <laughs> I'll take that as a good comment, but anyway. Anyway, I think I need to sort of wrap this thing up. Immanuel Kant said this, Seek not the favor of the multitude. It is seldom got by honest and lawful means, but seek the testimony of few, and number not voices, but weigh them. And number not voices, but weigh them. We want to look for those who are speaking about us. We want to weigh the voices, not necessarily count the number of cheerers who are cheering us on. It's the depth that God's after. It's the honesty, the integrity, the truth that flows through us that really people need. They don't need the froth and bubble. They don't don't need the the bragging and that sort of stuff. They need the truth that that is evident in our lives. Sunday at at Elijah says this, favour opens any door while it remains closed for everyone else. It's an interesting quote, isn't it? It's a pity if you're the everyone else. (laughs) But the good thing is, if you have... The Lord's will in your prayers. If you have the Lord's will in your heart, in what you're trying to do, you will have His favor. I'll read Proverbs chapter three, verse four again. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. I think of some people, maybe like Corrie Ten Boom, um, Mother Teresa, and other people like that, and praying Hyde and other. Amazing champions of the faith over the years. And, and these people really haven't seen favor like we would even count in church Christianity. You know, the book sales, the, 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 all, the, all the stuff that goes with it. And yet, there's some of the most powerful, deep speakers into Christianity still today, you know, well after their death. And so it's that depth that God's really after. The favor that we are seeking is the favor of our Father, not of anyone else. If we're seeking it from anywhere else, it's Babylon. If we're seeking it from anywhere else, it's building a little Tower of Babel, trying to look like God the Father, but it's not God the Father. We want Him. We only want him. He's the only one who can release inheritance. A tower was made to look like God and even made them very, very smart, potentially, to get up into the heavens. But if you and I seek our inheritance from a tower, it can give us nothing but empty sayings and emptiness. But if we seek it from our Father, the inheritance flows. See, it's a family business. It's like Leif Hetland says it every time. I think I've heard his same um, sermon on three chairs. It's a brilliant sermon, actually. If you ever podcast, listen to it, listen to it. It's called Three Chairs. I've heard it at least 50 times. Um, But it's still good, so it's a a good one. But anyway, and uh, I can smell that perfume, so strong right now. Um, Anyway, I only put on essential oil, so it can't be me. But it's one of those really, uh, it's like walking through the airport. You know when you walk through the airport, it's just like, boom, it's all this beautiful fragrance and yeah okay we'll take that we'll take that all right more lord I didn't know he smelled like Tommy but that's okay I'm all right with that you know (laughs) okay after the service I'm gonna let everyone come up here and see if you can smell it because it's For me, it's it's strong. Anyway, I think I better wrap this up. Otherwise, what? Where was I? What was I just saying? Anyway, right? Okay, that this is what I want to finish up. Thank you, Eric. Um, It's all about the Father. It's all about sonship. If we try and find favor from the Tower of Babel, we're slaves. We're servants. And we'll try and do it man's way. In the end, it will come crashing down because it's not the kingdom of heaven. And this is what happens if we seek after, even in Christianity, if we seek after the world's fame and the world's favor, then we're trying to squeeze the Tower of Babel into the kingdom of heaven and it doesn't fit. The moment that happens, God brings it tumbling down. He brings it tumbling down. And this is where some people get disillusioned completely in their faith because they, re- they don't realize, but, but what happens is there's a, a moment of Babel. Wow, what I had wasn't intimacy with my father, it was intimacy with a tower. It was, I think I can create, I think I can do, rather than, Father, you are well pleased with me, and I have access to heaven because of your son. And if that is our release of favor, then we stand on the rock. If we, st- if we have any other form of favor, we're on sinking sand and it will not last. And when a trial comes, a challenge comes, an offense comes, or maybe someone speaks truth that you can't handle because we've lived in Babel instead of the kingdom of heaven, we think that we're being, you know, something's going wrong, but it, actually it's truth, but we haven't recognized it before. And so maybe today is a day where we re-enter the presence of the father as a son or a daughter because that's the place of ultimate favor that's the place of our favor and that's the place of inheritance you cannot buy an inheritance an inheritance is a free gift from a father and a mother to their kids it's free it's abundant I know there's been many wars fought over inheritances. That's because the Babylon system has infiltrated into inheritance system. And so if we operate in the kingdom of heaven, I'm not even talking financially here. I'm talking about us as people, as living beings receiving the inheritance from our Father. Do you know what I mean by that? There's a whole another sermon on that, so I'll leave that alone. But what I'm saying today is you and I are sons and daughters of the Most High. We have the favor of God available, freely, accessible right now, today. It's up to us and our hearts and our posture with him as to whether we operate in that favor or man's favor. If we go man's favor and try and squeeze it into the kingdom, it only brings frustration and disappointment. If we operate in the kingdom favor, it's maybe. The, the germination over years. It may be the time, it may be the long way, but it's the amazing way. It's the fruitful way. It's the kingdom way. It's, it brings life and hope and destiny to those around us. And as we cultivate the garden of our heart, that's what brings the iced coffee from heaven. So let's stand today. I should have got us a whole lot more iced coffee and maybe sold it today because there's something on that for us. Maybe I can anoint everyone with iced coffee today and pray over everyone. (laughs) Grab hands with the person next to you. Lord, we ask today that you would allow us as your sons and daughters to step into the inheritance, step into your favor, step into your will for our lives today. And Lord, I thank you I thank you that you are so good. I thank you that you want to do good things. You want to release heaven in and through us. And we pray today that as we cultivate our hearts, we cast aside Babel. We cast aside false gods. We cast aside false things, disappointments, hurts, worries, fears, doubts, criticism, judgments. And Lord, we choose life. We choose the will of God. We choose the word, love, and faith today. And I release Proverbs chapter 4, blessing over us as a church family today. Proverbs chapter 4, the word of God, that we would find favor with God and man. Lord, I pray for some of us who have never known what it is to walk in the favor of God. I pray a release of anointing over our lives for the favor of God the favour of God with money, the favour of God to make good decisions, good investments, to make good relational decisions, to to release the love of God in any way, shape that you're calling us to. Lord, I pray, release that anointing today. Release that anointing today. Lord, we receive it by faith. Whether we can feel it or not, we believe by faith for an impartation, for a receiving of heaven's favour today. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Harvest Australia podcast. For more information and events in the life of Harvest Australia Church, please visit harvestaustralia.org.